Welcome back, Kafka and Bond listeners. Uh, we're up to podcast number lucky 13. So today we have another great client on board and we also have Josh sitting in. So I'd like to welcome Leo Mameso and, and Josh as well, but welcome boys. Thank Morning. you. Thank you. Um, look, today we're going to go through the background of Leo, um, into what he's doing now and, and just all around what he's done in life. Um, Leo's a fantastic entrepreneur and we think he has a great story to tell. So Leo, what we're going to do... Tell us a little bit about your background, um, your childhood. So what was it like growing up as an immigrant and, you know, growing up in what some may say a rough suburb 40 years ago in Broadmeadows, but tell us what that childhood was like in school. Mate, you brought it, boys. You killed us. <laughs> <laughs> growing up in many ponds, catching that last train train home from uh, from the city, you know, the midnight train, and it goes to Broadmeadows. We are always in fear of our lives, Leo. So how did you survive it? Uh, so I went to school at uh, Broadmeadows West Tech in those days. Um, I kept to myself a lot, but the, there was a lot of bullying that went on. Yeah. And if I think about it today, yeah. was, some of the things were shocking. Yeah. Like I'd, my, and I would, I'd hate to, I hate my kids to be subjected to anything like that. Yeah. On both sides of the fence, it was, some awful things happened. Yeah. There's a lot of there was a lot of migrants in those days that started uh, coming in, and a lot of kids with some learning disabilities, which probably weren't recognised in those days, and boy, did they cop it. Yeah, mm. yeah. So, it's a, so I mean, we we certainly know Broadmeadows was definitely forty years ago uh, very expensive suburb today. But forty years ago was was you know it was the home of immigrants. So you got the famous Eddie Maguire or the Maguire families that come from out there as well. So um, and a lot got put out there between your Mooney Ponds, I said, and that. So your dad came here in nineteen sixty two. Yeah, and roughly. Yep. Yeah, roughly. And your mum about four years later. Yep. Uh, had four kids. Now he was a, he was a motor mechanic by trade, I believe. Yep. Yep. Yes. So did do you ever do that here? Yeah, we had a service station. Yeah. Okay. Um, in Flemington and Brunswick, Flemington latter stages, and okay, we spent all our holidays there in Flemington. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, those days it was driveway service, so he'd take us. One week I'd go. Yeah. And one week my brother would go, so we'd fill up the car. So this was before self serve. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. So, so you'd I was actually wash 13, 12, 11. Wash yeah. the windscreens. Wash the window, check the oil. Yeah. The little bottles of oil on the side. Yeah. We'd fill the oil for him. We'd clean his tools. Yeah. Fix punches as well in those days. Yeah. With a burn on rubber with the clamp. Yep. Yeah. So we did all that. So were you without all, money? You all expected you all expected to go down and do that as no, part no, of the family. Expected, forced. No, yeah. <laughs> no, no choice. Yeah, no choice. Okay. You had to go. Yeah. Yeah, but that must be a good grounding. I mean, it's is a case of you know you got you got the overalls on. You're down there. You're actually filling up. You you actually you have to have to have learn to actually deal with people as yeah, well. Yeah, I'll be honest. I didn't mind it. Yeah. Like one, we, we did ten hours a day. Yep. So slave labour, or he paid you? No. No, no pay, no pay, no pay. No. We just yeah. expected we had to go, and that was it. Yeah, because we, we we used to give my mum a bit of a hard time too. So one week I would go, the next week my older brother would go, and then I would go on the holidays. Yeah. Okay, so that wasn't a punishment thing, was it? That was just giving your mum a bit yeah, of free probably. time. Yeah, probably, and, and <laughs> a bit of free labour for the, for my dad. Okay, no, so that was good. So I mean, growing growing up in that must have been really interesting, but. I would, I would have thought back in the days these young kids wouldn't know what it means because everything's self-served nowadays, but uh, you used to drive into these service stations and you know you, you would have someone washing your windscreen and yeah. actually filling up the car for you and uh, you didn't have to get out of your car and you just told them how much you want, 20 bucks, and or not even 20 bucks, fill up a car yeah. of petrol. Yeah, so you take the money, run into the office, give yeah. them the change, run back. Yeah, it's when petrol was like twenty cents a litre. Yep. <laughs> so it was. Um, yeah. But you you would have had to learn good people skills in that as well. 
Yeah, I used to do actually. I used to get a few tips, like twenty cents in those days from the old ladies and stuff. I used to be pretty friendly. Just paddle pop lines for yeah. ten cents. <laughs> yeah, so, no, I, was, I don't recall it being a burden on me. I actually didn't. I didn't mind it actually. But yeah, yeah. So just part of growing up. Yeah, really. it was part of growing up and part of well, things that he expected us to do. And yep, we couldn't say no. Keeps the family together. Yeah, then yeah. it was okay. Yep. So. So, with coming from the Italian family, uh, having grown up in Mooney Ponds, you know, there's a lot of Italian families around us, and I learned every swear, Italian swear word in the world by the time I was six. Um, but one thing I always remember was the food. We had Auntie Lena live next door to us, and she used to cook everything. The pasta was handmade, the lasagnas were handmade. If you had chicken on the table, I didn't realise this when I was a teenager, but that chicken was slaughtered that day from the backyard and things like that. So, did you grow up with similar? Yeah, my mum. Yeah, my mum used to cook a feast, which we thought everyone else. That was the norm, but yeah, <laughs> but plenty of food, big yeah. sandwiches. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so the salami sandwiches for lunch. McDonald's for us didn't exist or nothing else. No, no, uh, I didn't have McDonald's until I was yeah. eighteen. <laughs> so it was. Uh, so yeah, we would get that. So when when you you were all born here, the whole all yeah, all four of us. kids, yep. yeah, yeah. So you were born here, and yep. now we're similar ages. So I think you're born by 69, 70? 71. 71, Okay, so you're you're a couple of years younger than me, Liam. Yeah. <laughs> so you can tell by your good looks and charm. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so just just going on from that, you uh, Jamie mentioned earlier. You, know, you spoke about school. You left school in year eleven, so wasn't the most enjoyable. Uh, time to well for you, or you just just was boring. I was, giving, you I was giving my marching orders at year eleven. Were you? Yep, because I was a bit of a lout. But I think I'm, I was a good student, and going to school in Broadmeadows, I wasn't really challenged mentally. Yep. So yeah. So I finished my work really, really quick, and then I would annoy everybody else. <laughs> so sometimes I think if I was in a different environment, yeah, how would I have? Stacked yeah. up against mm. a better, better people, would I have you know, been an equal? Was I? Was my, were my results a little bit skewed because I was, in, you know, with not so many. So, yeah. so I often, sometimes I wonder, said if I went to a private school like my kids do now, how would I have fared, yeah. you know? How would I have got a good V, v what's, what's it called, VCAT school? VCAT school. What, how, what, how would I have went? What challenged you at school the most? What subjects were you sort of most involved in? I'm very strong in maths, English. Yep. Like the trades. Like in those days we had woodwork and that. I never went to school. And that, I never went to those trades. Yep. I yep. only did my maths. My dad was never one to push you us. Tell you, you got nice soft hands yeah. <laughs> my, my father was never one to push us to go to school. He said, I don't care if you don't go to school. If yeah. you don't go to school, go and get a job. Yeah, but, but it's in your best interest to go to school. So sometimes I'd be home at 11 o'clock, he'd walk past and he wouldn't even say, why are you at school? Yeah. So I, I, I went to the, what I deemed as important, like maths, English and stuff. I'm hopeless with my hands. I can't hammer nails, I can't do anything. Okay. Well, that makes a few of us in this room now. Boyan owns the toolbox in yeah. this office. Yeah. So I, 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 yeah, and I, and I got through comfortably, you know. And I didn't really push myself. I pushed myself when the teachers used to say to me like things like, "Oh, you're, you're a loser," or you know, you're, you're going to end up in jail one day, or you're going to get nothing. Then I'd really push myself and I'd get an exceptionally high score, and that'd be wow. Yeah, you know, just but. Very different to how teachers uh, treat some of the kids today. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so it's... Um, now, you went out of school and then you, your father owned, or your family owned a milk bar yeah. uh, down Tullamarine. Yeah. Uh, and you went and worked with Dad, is that right? Yeah, so prior to that, um, I got a job in a pizza shop around the corner from my place. My older brother was working there yep. and the pizza shop got quite busy, so I went and uh, started helping him. I was probably 13. Yeah. 
five nights a week from five till nine thirty. In those days, we had to chop up the mushrooms, chop up the capsicum, chop up the onions. Everything came whole. Slice the cheese, wash yeah. the pizza trays. So I started there, and I've got the owner started giving me five dollars a night, which I was I was I was over the moon. Millionaire. <laughs> <laughs> so from that stage, I was working. Then my father had already sort of like semi-retired because he fell a bit ill. Yeah. So he was at home full time. My mum was working in a nursing home actually in the laundry of a nursing home okay and then my older brother and I were working and um, so it was 12 or 13 I started getting a taste of money I yeah. was playing soccer in those days and I thought you know what no more soccer yeah I'm going to start trying to earn some money yeah, yeah. Okay. and the guy who owned the pizza shop he, uh, then he brought the milk bar next, uh, next door yeah and he whacked me in there he was an older Italian guy he's passed away now mm. he was a really good guy yeah yeah yeah, he sounds like he uh, certainly looked after you. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, from there, you actually obviously saved a few bucks yourself and went and uh, bought your own milk bar. Yep, yes. Yep. So, I, I worked there when I was young. I thought, you know what, if I work hard, rather than, well, I harbored an aspiration too when I was young, maybe to get into pharmacy. I've always been fascinated with law, especially criminal law. Yep. And I thought, you know, I wanted to be one of those gun criminal lawyers. Yeah. Yeah. Could, have got a lot of, could have got a lot of clients Ooh. I went to school with. <laughs> so that was my sort of like passion. I, I, read, I read a lot of books. I used to read a copious amount of books when I was a kid, like heaps, autobiographies about people and stuff. So I actually noticed that the first time I walked into your office down in Coburg, uh, there you actually had a lot of books up on your bookshelf. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, I think it was books like The E-Myth and yeah, uh, I read things a lot like of books, that as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah so I gained a lot of inspiration from autobiographies, yeah, yeah from people in business and just sporting people who have come from nowhere. Yeah. And I thought to myself, so I have an aspiration to sort of like become something like a pharmacist or a lawyer, real estate agent, but law, criminal law always fascinated me. And law in general does. Yeah. But then when I started working and I started accumulating money, I thought, you know what? I reckon I can get rich quicker. Yeah, sure. If I start work now, <laughs> then yeah. go through the rigmarole of uni, get a degree, get a job. So I reckon I, I, reckon I can do better this way. Yeah. yeah. And that is a different journey. I, I will move on to that now. So you now have a business called Just Tea Towers. Yeah. Um, I guess the irony with that, I went onto your website today and you do a lot more than Just Tea Towers. <laughs> yeah. But I guess, do you want to talk about the evolution of that business and how large you've grown? Um, we were talking before that you've just bought a new new washing machine from um, Germany. Yeah. Now, they're not your normal Fisher and Pike washing no. machines. These <laughs> things are, are fairly substantial. But do you want to go through that journey of how that business has grown? So we started... Um with a friend of mine who... So you only about 22 when you started Just Two Tales. Yeah, 23, 24, yeah. It's your baby. Yeah. My age. Wow. Mm. It's inspirational. So, <laughs> so, we grow up a lot quicker. Yeah. So I had a friend who, um, who wanted to get into business and he suggested that we do a little laundry and just create a niche market where we just wash tea towels for restaurants. It's plain and simple and do a few... Um, mats like anti-fatigue mats and dust protection mats and slip mats and we'll do this there's a niche for it all the laundries in melbourne don't do that they all do big stuff like um, food and beverage and hospitality hotels this and that so you know, we put our heads together and my father lent me the 30 grand to start it a lot of money back then yeah, it was like, yeah, yeah. 95, that's... Yeah, uh, we, bought, we bought two washers and two dryers, that was it. And that's 25% deposited on a nice house back then. Yeah, the houses were about 100 and, yeah. 150 grand there, 120. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah, so it's... Um, no, so that's a big risk for you. Yeah, but he had, oh, look, I think, I think he had... Yeah. 
he, I think he, secretly he always thought I knew what I was doing. Yeah. You know, rain, hail or shine, I would have paid him back. If it didn't go, I would have had to go and get a job and paid him back and we paid him back. Yep. yep. You know, we didn't take a wage. We just took a minimum amount of wage. I said yep. to the guys, so we've got to pay this bill back. And then when that's bill, whatever's left over, we can split. But until then, the, the, the debt has to be paid. Yep. So, so you moved on. So you had the tea towels and yep. you started in that niche business. Yep. And where did you grow from there? We struggled for the first three years. Yep. Like we, we leased the factory in Brunswick and we couldn't pay the rent. Yep. So we downsized to a little factory. What was it? A third of the rent. Yep. I think we were paying $300 a week in Brunswick. We went down the, a little shop front and a hundred dollars a week wow and then it caught fire oh, God. because <laughs> a combustion which i wasn't aware of left yep. the tea towels in the dryer too long i got bare one morning mm. no business wow so, there okay. you go so, so we yeah. had insurance yep um and we just started working at a somewhere else i was washing the tea towels at home in my washing machine hanging in them your on fisher the, and bike yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and hanging them on my clothesline and then drying them quickly and well, so we we got the insurance money we set up again and things were still going i started to borrow some more money because we didn't we were a bit short so still still wasn't seen the light of day yep yeah just battling away trying to keep everybody happy paying the old man off a little bit of money yeah and we got a we got a we had a bigger premises, when we were bigger premises then, after the money, and we started working again, things still weren't seeing the light of day, because yep. the bills were coming in, and I wanted to pay the old man back, because I don't like, Owing. Well, yeah, sense. what's mine's mine, and what's his, and I don't want to say, I made $1,000 a week, but I owe the other guy $1,000, it's not really, yeah. Yeah. so we've got to pay the, when all the debts are paid, and we're on a level pegging, then we'll see the true, the true reflection of the business, and how it's going to go. So, so if, if I can interrupt here then, Leah, so just, just knowing how old Clara is, your oldest daughter, yeah. uh, your firstborn, so all this was happening and you would have had or about to have your first, first child, would yeah. that be correct? Yeah, yeah. So, so you're struggling to pay yourself? Yep. Your business just burned down. Yeah, my relationship was up to shit. And you're drying tea towels on yeah. the clothesline. Clothes like I, was, I was going up and down because the, the, the little laundry was um, like a kilometre from my place. So I would work out, I'd put a load of washing on and the workout would be finished in an hour. So I'd go home, go back an hour later, unload, load, go home, come back, go home, come back, go home, come back to two in the morning. Yeah. And then we had another fire. Again, from some staff left at the dryer, I came on, I came home one morning and the place was gutted again. So I thought, oh no, I was in tears. Yeah. It took us like two years to start up again. Yeah, well. Had a help from another, uh, Another, so we bought some stock and we were just working out another laundry in Epping. He was helpful. He was he was really good for us. Yeah. He um. So we would just he'd just pay him to wash them, and we we had another little shop that would bring all the, the dry stuff, drop everything off there, go back, pick everything up, and process everything in our plant, and then send it away again. So that was really that was hard. And then had Clara, had Clara because um spoke with her mum. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that, was, that was hard because I had to leave her with my mum and actually my business partner in those days he left her at his house as well with his yeah. kids. Yeah. I've got an old auntie, my dad's auntie, she's like 85 now. She used to look after my daughter as well with her granddaughter. So that was okay. Yeah. I guess we've, we've talked about that previously on, a, um, on another podcast, but how lonely it can come for an entrepreneur when they're growing and they're trying to get to that next stage, just the battles that they can go on mentally and, and just what they need to go through to get there. Well, you all had a hard time, and Tony knows that, but yeah. you know what? Every morning I still went to work yep. and I did what I had to do. 
And I, when I'd get home at four o'clock, sometimes I'd go to bed. Yeah. I wouldn't even eat. I lost weight. I was like 60 kilos. Yeah. yeah. Sick. People were saying to me, what's wrong with you? Oh, yeah, I'm all right. I'm all right. Don't worry. It's all good. Oh, you look sick. Yeah, I know. Just a few yeah. issues. But mm. my, I, I never took my eyes off business. I still soldier on every fucking morning I went up. Yeah. Yeah. Did what I had to do. Ticked yeah. all my boxes and went home and cried myself to sleep. Or whatever I did, I did. But yeah. during the day, I put on a brave face. I went. We got going again into another factory. And when I got, when I got in this other factory, I'd wake up sometimes at 11 o'clock at night, 12 o'clock in the morning. Did I, did I take that dryer? Did I switch that dryer off? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> This happened for like seven, eight years. Yeah. yeah. And I'd get my daughter. She'd be asleep seven, eight. I'd pick her up. I'd put her in the back of the car. I'd drive to the laundry, open the gates, drive in, close the gates, leave her in the car, go in the factory, rush around, touch everything, make sure everything's cold, go back, get her in the car, put her back in bed in the morning, she wouldn't even know. Yeah. yeah. And that was about two, three times a week. I'd wake up at three o'clock in the morning, hot sweats, thinking, oh my God, what if the fire on fire? It scarred, that scarred me. Yeah. Like, yeah. it took me like, well, I reckon five or six years to actually get over it. Yeah. 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 It really scarred me. You know, one of the things we spoke about, uh, and we've, we've, we've formed a really good friendship over the last few years and uh, had many conversations over lunches, but... I think a lot of people, they forget about that loneliness of what it's like to be an entrepreneur at times. Uh, the fact that when you're working those long hours, you're not getting to go out with your mates. You know, you, you did this, as, you did this as, at a young age, you started this as a young age. Uh, you're a young dad at the same time, single dad, uh, raising uh, Clara, who you obviously did a magnificent job because she's turned out a great young lady. Yeah, she's good. Yeah, so it's, um, but in also saying that as well is that, during that period of time, you know, I, I sometimes think it's really hard because you don't necessarily know who to turn to. And sometimes as men, we don't ask for help. Is that is that a fair call? It was, it was hard, especially on the weekends when I had my daughter and I didn't know what to do. Yeah. So I'd go to some friends' houses where there was a husband and wife yeah. and I'd feel uncomfortable because the I remember one instance, the, there was a lady, a friend of mine, his wife was there and he's, they, they, they had three kids and they were jumping all over the wife. And the wife's going to the kids, I love you, I love you. My daughter was like a bit sheepish looking around thinking. So I just went home. Yeah, yeah. So it was hard because it's no fault of their own. They just didn't understand, you know. And yeah. felt like my daughter was missing out. So I'd rather just stay home by myself with it. Yeah. And go for a walk. Whatever we do, we just do. I'd go to my mum's place. and Yeah. Yeah, but I, my mum was really supportive in those days. And she, my daughter speaks Italian now. And thanks yeah. to my mum. Yeah. 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 So. yeah. That's fantastic. I guess, when did it start to look up for Just Tea Towers? When did that growth really come? And I also want to know, I do want to know how you went about prospecting clients because Tony reckons every time he goes for lunch, they all know you. So I'm, like, I'm wondering when you prospect, do you just ask them what they're doing with their tea towels when you're sitting there having lunch? So He's I'm been a, to every restaurant yeah. he's been <laughs> yeah. so I'm a big I'm a big believer in brand building. Yep. So um, we're probably... Um, we probably rode the wave of the cafe boom. So we got into a good time where the cafe, so we, we rode the, the, once we started, the cafe scene exploded. Yeah. yeah. Like everywhere, just all of a sudden, all these cafes started uh, popping up everywhere. So we, we had a really good platform. So I'd read a lot and I did a bit of networking. And when I used to see a cafe open, I'd develop these little flyers, mm. just details from as little as X amount. We can help you out, find out how we can help you. I have great confidence in my ability to sell. So I just all I needed was someone to ring me and say, oh, what do you do? I didn't put too much information on the flyer. And as soon as they rang up, and we'd, we'd get there straight away. And nine times out of ten, we secured the business. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, just through networking and building the brand, I'd send flies out to the same restaurant. 
And I used to say to people, it doesn't matter, they won't come today, they might come tomorrow. You build the brand, you plant the seed in their mind subconsciously, they might, have, they might be happy with their current supplier, but next year something might happen, oh, I got a flyer last year, where did that come from? Oh, okay. So just, that's what it's all about. I think it's, you know, and I look around and all, you, know, you see McDonald's and Coca-Cola, and McDonald's signs and branding and commercial everywhere, why? Yeah. It works for them, it's going to work for me too. But yeah. Leo, you say that because sometimes though, I think that uh, you're the brand as well. I mean, you've, you've got how many staff in total? 50. 50-odd, yeah. yeah. So it's basically it's a case of that I go and have lunch with you mm. and we go into a restaurant and you're treated like family. I mean, so another, they know you, they love you. So every time we go, so... Um, you know, you you get the best table, which is which is wonderful. Uh, they tell you what you should be eating today. They yeah. know all about your family. They yeah, know I, I worked hard to, to build the brand and, and, and give them personalised service. And you know, yeah. I'm, I'm fortunate now where I've taken a little bit of a step back and I have a, a my manager Michael, great guy Michael. Yeah, he's yeah. so he's. He's probably become... Michael's worked with you a long time too. Yeah, well, we, went, him a long we went to primary school together. Yeah. And he has a great story to tell too. Yeah. He's, yeah, he's got a great story to tell about, yeah. his, about his upbringing, but he's stuck fat with me now and he's like my brother. Yeah. Is he ever? And he's like the face of the business now. People, people ring and want to talk to him. <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm cool with it, you know yeah. what I mean? Because he deserves it and, you know, like I said, without him and a couple of my other team members, that you know, the business wouldn't be what it was today. Yeah. We've developed a really strong team, a loyal team, who you know have subscribed to my visions and what we want to do and yeah they're all for it you know the a lot of people will look at you today and say wow you know that guy that guy's successful you know he's got a beautiful wife um, he's got four beautiful children so we've got we've got Clara who we mentioned before you've also got a ten and eight and a four year old yeah uh, all in private schools so you you you've but they don't know you know, you drive a lovely car, got a beautiful home, uh, you know, you're, you're a successful entrepreneur in other businesses as well. Um, I know you're an entrepreneur in respect to the ice cream business. We're getting there. <laughs> so We're getting there. Getting now, there. I've, yeah. And I've only just found this one out today. Now, I have a love of ice cream. So, so this, is something, <laughs> this is something that I want to know a lot more about and I'm happy to taste samples whenever you need. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can talk about that in a minute because yeah. I'd, like I'd like to give it a plug because yeah, uh, absolutely. I'm really fun. Yeah. But, but I think though, a lot of people look at that now and you've got putting four kids, well Clara's now third year law, studying third year law yeah. and media, um, but you've put all these kids through private schools and down Essendon, I know the school is Penley and Essendon Grammar yeah. and Lava Hall, uh, as I said, you know, Cisco drives a lovely car, you drive a lovely car, you've just moved into your new home which you've built yeah. and things like that. A lot of people see that and think, well this guy must have it easy, but they don't know the story of the factory burning down, they don't know the story of... Working, burning down again. Again, yeah. <laughs> yeah. working 22 hours a day and, you know, Clara well, doing the rounds with you. Yeah, it's taken a lot of sacrifice and yeah, and hard work to get there. And if anyone is not prepared to do that, you'll never get anywhere. But yeah. I, had, I had a vision. From a very young age, I've always wanted to be successful. You know, I've bought the BRW 100, so I've got the last probably 25 years of issues every year. Yeah. The top 100 list. And I remember when I was 14, 15, I'd read it, so I want to be on that list one day. Yeah. I don't harbour to be at that anymore because... No. You know, my perceptions change a little bit, um, but you know, and that, that, and I read what they did and how they did it and what they and I, and I took a little bit from everything and the yeah. autobiographies I read and I watched, I listened, I learned and bought about property and I thought, you know what, well, I can do this. Yeah. But you know, it came at a, it came at a cost, health wise, 
with Clara. Yeah, what yeah. um, you, we talk about that financial success and yeah. how that journey you've taken, cool. but, and it's been an emotional journey in that sense. But how do you look after your, your I guess, your health and well-being now? So I'm guessing, you know, we've talked about your gym, meditation. Yeah, I go to the gym every morning. Um, when my wife subscribed to a healthy lifestyle. She was probably healthier. She probably put me more on this on this health path and made me aware that you know that's important to look after yourself. And if you need to go to the doctor, you need to go to the doctor, not go to work. Because if you're not healthy, then the house of cards is going to fall down. Yeah. yeah. So for me, it's everything that I need to be the best I can be, in physically, mentally. Because I've got four kids, I've got a wife, I've got fifty staff that I feel like I'm responsible for somewhat because they're relying on me to give them work. Because a lot of them are also um, just. I've been in this country a long time, like my father started out. Yeah. Yep. You know, I've got seventy percent of my workforce is probably from Nepal. Yeah. And they're all students, and student fees are really high these days for them. And I feel a sense of obligation to my staff as well, yep. because a lot of them have been with me for a long time now, like 12, 13 years. Yep. Yeah. And I've got two, especially two young Nepalese guys that started with me, like about twelve or thirteen years ago. They just walked in up the street, gave them a job, and like me, we started just unloading machines and washing machines. It was really hard work too loading and loading mm. and then these two boys in particular they got their licenses they started to do deliveries now and they started progressing they got their degrees they're both married now with kids and they've both got uh, they've, brought, they've both brought homes yeah and i'm so happy for them yep and proud of the fact that they've subscribed to the australian life and they've moved on they've got a mortgage and they're still with me today yep. they've moved up into the organization the management positions and they're loyal and they're great people and i'm so happy that they've that's living their dreams in this country. I mean, you know? What have been? Give us a story. You've gone from being child of immigrants um, to starting this business, washing tea towels in your Fisher and Paykel, drying them on your line, on your clothesline at home, to now doing sixty ton uh, per week uh, of washing. So obviously, and I've been to your warehouse, so it's it's not drying stuff on the clothesline anymore. Uh, no. It is it is massive. Two warehouses next to each other. Uh, they're absolutely massive. 60 ton a week and actually what how your father started you've now got those young guys uh, yeah. from different parts of the world but now working for you and, I'm really proud and actually that, have, yeah, have achieved great stuff that they've progressed and i've yeah. always told the boys and anyone staff if you think you can do better do it uh, please <laughs> don't stay here and don't feel obligated with me yeah. go out there and do it but you know they've subscribed they've worked hard just like my father did, and I have, and yeah. they're, they're moving in the right directions. And I feel like some, with some of my key staff, now it's time for me to reward them for sticking by me when things were really, really and, tough. And I guess yeah. that's where Coffin and Bond actually come into it with yeah. you and where, we, uh, where Tony was first introduced. So talking about the longevity of your business and, and that succession planning, yeah. do you and Tony want to discuss, I guess, the conversation you've had and, and also what's been put in place to look after that longevity yeah. and succession planning of that So business? obviously I met Tony through a, through, um, a mutual friend of close friend of mine who said Danny and well this this sort of stuff never really entered my mind what, what would happen tomorrow if I died yep. mm. where would that leave my wife or um, how would the business suffer because I was the business but yep. now you know I've let a lot out well not let a lot out I've, I've taught my manager Michael and my other key staff that you know that if I don't go to work for a week everything's fine everyone knows what to do Everyone does it. I don't micromanage people. Yep. That's one thing I will not do, and I've told them before. You need to do what has to be done. And if it means staying back three hours to, uh, more tonight because something's not right, you need to stay back. Yeah. You need to go home early tomorrow because you want to see your kid at a fete or at a playground, go. 
but the job needs to be done before you go. And whether you work 100 hours a week or 20, I don't care. Yeah. It's the job needs but to the be done. But the factory's going 24 hours a day. If you well, know. we're close at 2 in the morning, roughly, and then the first one's there at 5.30. Okay. We're a bit under pressure at the moment, so... <laughs> yeah. But everyone does their job, and... And I've never had a... Yeah, so I'm not, I never have had any sort of insurance until I had a bit of a chat to Tony, and Tony ran a few scenarios by me, so what happens, worst case, tomorrow, if something happens to you, so... And I think I think one of the scenarios was is you built a great business and a valuable business. Mm. You know, it's a it's a real sellable asset, mm. and sellable asset to the point because you're no longer working twelve hours a day. Yeah. Mm. Uh, you know, you've got great key staff there and things like that. One of the one of the queries was if something was to actually happen to you, that Cisco wasn't going to come in, your wife wasn't going to come in and do the job. Uh, Clara's studying law and media. She's she's not going to do it. And she's twenty anyway. Yeah. So it's yeah. um as well. She wasn't actually going to do it. So it was a case of but you wanted to reward a couple of your staff members and said well, how would they raise the funds to be able to buy this business? So it's uh, so that one of the things that you actually put in place and we said well. Yeah, I'm going to put insurance in place to make sure my family looked after, and I would love your legacy to continue. Uh, and you know, so basically, just details to continue because that's the legacy that you've actually built. But you put key things in place to make sure the key staff could have an ownership structure in there, yeah. which, is, which is quite amazing, realistically. And and you're paid the premiums on it, so yeah, yeah. you know, so it's um, so I, I think that is an amazing an amazing job. So Agreed. it's not just if something happens to you, your family are well looked after, but all your staff still keep their jobs. Yeah, yeah, and like and, and Michael becomes an owner in the business. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah so. well, the people that I feel have helped me through my time, and you know, the business in a large part is not what it is today solely because of me. And I said, it's because of the people I have around me, and I have a lot of faith in people still, even though I've, I've had a lot of bad um, uh, experiences with people. I've never lost faith yep. in humans in general to say, you know what, there's, there's, there's more good than bad. Yeah. Okay, so, you know, if I've, been, if I've had a bad experience where someone's robbed me, I don't think everyone's out to rob me. I still look for yeah. the goodness in people, and I give them that opportunity to prove to me that they're good and to realise that there's opportunities there. And if they're smart enough to realise it yeah. and not take advantage of it and not say, oh, yeah, but you don't come to work anymore while you're driving this nice car, they'll, they'll be rewarded, but it takes time. Yeah. You know, so I'm, I'm glad. Look, I've been going for 20 years. I think it's taken me probably 14 or 15 years to find a good, stable workforce. Yeah. It takes a long time. Yeah. You've got to just keep on churning people aside until the right, the right people come along. Yeah. And I, f- I'm not, I don't feel blessed to have the right people. I think that I've worked hard to... to to formulate the right team, it didn't. It's not, it's not. I don't believe in chance. I don't believe in luck. Yeah. It's just through hard work and people realizing that you know. Um, yeah. Some people can't see the forest for the trees. Yeah. Yeah. A lot yeah. of people can't, and I think that Michael subscribed to me, and I've said, know, it's easy to say, oh, look, you know, stick with me for four or five years, and you'll see. You know, people say, oh, this foolish. I heard all this before, but you know, I would like to think I keep true to my word. Yep. And no, it's not definitely. so much about me anymore. Like I said, um, my sister's an integral part of my business too, yep. which I'm very close to, and I feel like she needs to be rewarded as well, yep. and a few other people. And moving forward, um, we want to grow the business now. After, after we come back from Germany, we've come back with some really good ideas, yep. and my key staff are subscribed to the fact that you know, I have a vision now and a, a big plan for the future, and we want to grow our brand, Yep. And not just for me, for my for my staff and my key people to reward them for the next phase. So if we really we do well, I want them to do well. Absolutely, and I think it's not so much about me anymore. I, yeah. I want to reward the people that have stuck by me through my times. And 
Leo, I think one of the things that you know it's easy to see in you is that the monetary rewards from the hard work and the sacrifices that you've made uh, are obvious because you've done unbelievably well in that respect. But in saying that at the same time, those rewards are not what gives you happiness. I see it with I see it the first time I went in there and your son sitting on your knee. You know, so it's um so I, I, I from from what I gather it's that and I know you do things like, for example, your family holidays. You you went with uh, Clara over to Russia and Barcelona yeah, last yeah, year. Yeah, we went to the World uh, Cup and watched, watched a couple of soccer games. Yeah, and, yeah. yeah. So it's um, you know, and then and then went to Barcelona and then met up with Siska and the rest of the kids in Holland. Yeah. Uh, well, the Netherlands. Yeah. Um, I think she still calls it Holland, doesn't she? Oh, you yeah, do. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so, bit of both. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, where where she's from. Yeah. Um, and being spent with time, and, and I think every every year I've known you, you've always gone back. Uh, yeah, with the family. Yeah, which my, my wife's my wife's here. Um, she came here on a holiday. We met, and got married, and had three kids. So she's got no family here. Yep. And obviously now that she's got her own family, she wants to share the joys of her family with her family of our family with her family. So yeah, I mean she, she's um, she's been a stay home mum for nearly ten years now. Yeah. And I, I never appreciate how hard it is. Yep. To stay at home and look after three kids and be isolated within yeah. four walls. I know we've got the luxuries and stuff, but she's had no family and hard to have. It's been really hard for her to develop friendships here, yeah. not being here for a long time. So she, yeah. we, we, we went through some really tough times, but she subscribed to my plan and stuck with me. It's not hard because I did do, I did do a lot of hours, but yeah. I always, I hope I always said to you know stick with the plan, trust yeah. the process and. Yeah. You know, every year our lives will get better and better and better for us. So she stuck with me, and I think that's really, really. I don't think I. Well, would I think be you kept your promise. Yeah, <laughs> so I don't think I would be here today. I would have achieved what I did if if I didn't have her to to look after the kids and be patient with me because I'm a bit of a. I can be a bit of a hard, difficult <laughs> person, but no, she, no, Leah, she, she Leah, brought she brought in and yeah. Listen, I've said Leah about Leah. He's tough. He's a softie. <laughs> <laughs> so, as I said, his kids know yeah, how to... Yeah. So we, we, did, yeah. we did do it hard as You want to see him melt? Just see him with his kids. <laughs> yeah. we, we've, had it, we've had our challenges, you know. She she did it tough as well with the three kids at home. Yeah. But, you know, the youngest one's now started full-time uh, kinder. So she's sort of like, shackles have been released from her, which, <laughs> which has been good. And, you know, we're excited to... Um, She's excited. I'm excited that she's she can finally you know it's her, it's her time now to shine. And we're going to open up a gelati shop in a few weeks' time in yep. uh, Werribee. We've taken a license for a, a gelati franchise called Augustus Glue, okay. which is run by a couple of great guys, Joe and Paul. You guys know who Augustus Gloop is, don't Augustus you? Augustus Gelatery, that's where the name no, comes from. I, I don't. Really want her in the chocolate oh. factory. Oh, God, what's wrong with this okay, generation, okay. eh? You don't know Willy Wonka in I the chocolate factory. I do, I do. I just didn't and know. And not the name. Johnny Depp version, <laughs> we're talking the Gene yeah. Wilder version. No, I'm not. There's a couple of shops already operating quite successfully, and we've taken a license out in Werribee and Caroline Springs. Werribee's going to open in seven weeks, and that's going to be my wife's baby. She's going to look after it, and she's super keen and motivated. What's, what's the best oh. flavour? Oh, they're all good. Strawberry oh, cheesecake. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Jump on their website. I'm celebrating. Yeah. No, it, it's a great concept. They're great stores. And we look forward to... to um, When's the opening? 1st of August in Werribee. 76 well, I'll be back in the country. We're yeah, there. Yeah, we're there. Yeah, we're there. So my wife will, will look after that while the kids are at school and we'll work together. And Yeah. How wonderful. Yeah, so she's, she's keen and 
She's yep. happy that she can show her wares off as well now. I think, I think Leah, there's, there's a couple of things I want to add there, is, and that is you do, you're not just in Just Tea Towers, which is a great business which you've grown with great people, uh, but you do look at other things. You've been involved in property development as well. Yep. You've gone from being uh, the rentor to the landlord um, as well. And I think one of the things too is your farm. I know your farm is your your escape, your getaway. I love my farm. You love your farm. Everyone, everyone who knows me knows I love my farm. Oh, absolutely. And, and I'm and, blessed and, that... and the kids as well. You bring yeah, the kids uh, yeah, the farm. my son's four and a half now and he's yeah. he loves the farm. My yeah. 10-year-old son's been coming for four years. He loves the farm and I'm blessed that half a dozen of my closest friends all love the farm. <laughs> so it's so a... we all go to the farm on, week, on long weekends and whenever it's we can. It's an eight-hour drive away. It's an eight-hour drive, yeah, yeah. and it's yeah. no phone service and... How and people say to me, what do you do there? I say, we be boys. Yeah. <laughs> we fish, we hunt, we ride motorbikes, we light fires, we drink beer, we eat barbecues, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> so, what and, a great life. Yeah, no, it's fantastic, we love it. Yeah, yeah. so, um, uh, there's a couple of things I've written down here. Uh, you spoke about brand building, mm -hmm. um, which is something you've done with Just Details. Um, and we want to talk with Clara here. So Clara uh, obviously isn't bad at brand building herself. So I don't quite uh, get this Instagram and why people are <laughs> She's got 15,000 followers. Yeah, I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't understand why someone would like my daughter. She's beautiful and I love her death. Why she has 15,000 followers just to see what she's wearing. And other people are just, yeah, I don't, I don't subscribe to it. I don't understand it. But I think that we're on the cusp of something huge yeah. with this Instagram. Like I think that... Um, I rode the wave of a cafe explosion and yeah. hence reaped the rewards and I think if you're into the sort of market now, there's good big things that are going to happen. Well, she's, so, she's yeah. studying law and media yeah. as well, so yeah. she's not just a pretty face. Yeah. Um, no, she's, but it's, it's like, you know, here's my wonderful new outfit, thanks yeah. Just Jeans. Mm. And, and it was just like, and 7,000 likes. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, it's yeah, just, yeah. You know, so it, it is. I'm, I'm still a bit on fashion. I'm not really into social media and stuff, but do I just that? That's the, that's the new way of doing things and um, building a brand and putting your stuff out there. Well, that's the way it is. Yeah, but, but she's doing it really well. But it's interesting how you're talking about brand building and that's what Clara's done herself yeah. as yeah, well. Yeah, she's got so her own brand, yeah. She has and she's done a very well. As I said, you know, 15,000 followers. She was at our conversation series the other day mm -hmm. um, as well. Uh, I know we put her in contact with... Uh, the producer of uh, yeah. another podcast. Yeah. Uh, She's also involved in, well. a, in a company called Girls Trade. Yep. They'll be launching an app very soon where it's uh, a platform for renting clothes through an app and buy, swap and sell and rent outfits and stuff. Yeah. Oh, so she's, she's doing all the marketing that. That's going to be launching. She's really excited about that. Absolutely. And I think that's good. Yeah. People of her age and can, you can swap, buy, rent clothes and trying to build a greener footprint where not as many clothes get... get get thrown into waste, that they can get shared around for a nominal amount of money. So she's working really hard at that. She has a small part in the business, which I'm excited for her. Yeah, well. they, they say if you look at the child at seven, you'll see the adult. And mm. now when she was seven, she saw her entrepreneurial father. She was in the back of the car driving yeah. around to make sure switches were turned off and half, things like that. Half she, asleep. Yeah, she, she obviously has the entrepreneurial she, she, spirit she, herself. She, 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 I'm Great a, education at Lavahall yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a big believer of education. With the, Kids yep. of today, yep. I think that the way the future is, that it'd be harder and harder to start up your own business and make money just through sheer hard work and dedication, like Tony and I and other people. So I think they need to get an education. Yeah. And of all, oh, yeah, I was hella hard for her at school. I pushed her. I'm hard on her sometimes, but you know, yeah, that's just how it is. Yeah. 
Touching on, yeah. touch on that last point, Tony, I think it's time. But um, yeah. Josh will actually finish off this podcast. Um, and this, I guess, touches on that base of education. But we'll sort of hand it over to Josh. Um, We've asked know? him in here for a specific... This is the first uh, time we sat in here, Leo. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, uh, Thank you for that, Jamie. Yeah. Um, now, Leo, I don't know if you realise, but the only reason why I'm sitting here today is actually because of you. So we met, <laughs> we, we met a couple of years ago at a cafe. Yeah. Uh, wasn't planned or anything. No. And um, saw you hop out of a Maserati in your tracksuit. <laughs> and I must admit, I was a bit envious of that. Yeah. I thought, wasn't a mate turned around and said, "What do you think of that guy there?" Yeah. Yeah. He's pretty cool. I like that. Yeah. I like that. He's pretty cool. Yeah, my so. wife does it. <laughs> when I jump out of tracksuits. Yeah. So honestly, from the bottom of my heart, the biggest thank you I could ever give. And yeah. I hope you really enjoy this bottle of lovely wine. Because you deserve it. I think it's fair to say. Leo, I, I Leo like it my wife well. She'll be out of the moon when she's this. Yeah. Uh, uh, thanks very much, no, mate. That's right. I think it's, thank you not just for coming here today, but just for helping me get on the right track. No, I think it's fair to say that the half hour conversation you had with Josh was just like, from, from a father's perspective, as Leo, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> so I, was I was a, hearing it. All the years from my dad. But well, I was hearing it from your dad yeah, too. Thought, <laughs> <laughs> he has you know so what? much potential, this kid. And then I thought, you know what? This, this guy hopping out of Maserati saying the exact same thing. So maybe, maybe the old man's on the right track. Yeah, look, sometimes um, I feel like with kids today, they need to hear it from other sources. Yeah. Because sometimes they're just a bit stubborn and don't want to be proven wrong, especially by their parents. Yeah. And I'm really, really happy yeah. that yeah. you took on board what I said. I'm glad. And, I, and, I, and, I, and, I, and like I said, I, when I spoke to Tony before, I feel like I've got a good story to tell and I'd love to be a motivation, inspiration to people to say, you know what, yeah. have a go. Yeah. Don't mm. worry, don't, my daughter's the same, she always what if, what if, what if, don't worry about yeah. the what ifs. Just yeah. get out there and do it. Have a and shot. if it goes wrong, there's always, a, there'll always be, a, there's an, always an option. There's a yeah. contingency plan, trust the process, work hard, yeah. and you can realise your dreams. Exactly. Yeah. You know, just do the right thing every day. That's what I try and do. I try and look myself in the mirror every day. No, I haven't hurt anyone. I've done the right thing. If I can help someone, I'm always the first one to help. Yeah. And not even, not doesn't have to be financially, even just by giving someone a word of advice, you know? Yeah. Because yeah. I think there's still some great opportunities in this country to do well, but you've got to have a go. Yeah. Well, you have to work hard. And sacrifices need to be made. You know, yeah. if anyone thinks that, oh, I'll do this, you know, it takes sacrifice. You need to be dedicated, you know? You've got a, you got a mission. Yeah. Like I always tell myself, I'm on a mission to, to achieve this by this, and you know, I think if you set your mind to it, you can do it. Yeah, fantastic. Okay, just 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 before you close there, Jamie, I just uh, I just want to sincerely thank Leo as well for coming in. No, no thank you, Tony, for your advice, your no, help, your guidance. We've, we've become good mates over the yeah. last few years as well, so I always enjoy our lunches, which, likewise, is, which is great. Yeah. Um, also, to just just in closing, a big plug for Just Tea Towels. An amazing business, uh, run by an amazing person with run by magnificent Michael. team. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, Ma- Michael's got Leo in his team, yeah. uh, and Teresa has, and yeah, Louisa Teresa, has. Yeah. Uh, so they're, they're all down there doing a magnificent job. But you've really—it's an inspiration having gone from putting the tea towels on your line to what you do today. Uh, big plug for Augustus Gloop Ice Creamery yep, in Carolina Springs, yep. and. Um, and down in Werribee, so we'll look forward to opening day going down there and harassing Siska. Yep. Uh, yep. We'll, we'll all come down. And also a uh, um, shout out to Clara Mameso as well to add to her 15,500 followers. So yeah, keep working. Yeah, that's right. Keep working, no. Clara. Get, get that law degree yeah. um, as well. But sincere thanks from, from me for coming in as well. No worries. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you. Thanks, Jamie. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.